Amen. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. I was talking with Pastor Kinney this afternoon a little bit about the message, and I said, I can't do this whole message on a Wednesday night. So I'm looking at which it will be two Wednesday nights, and the title of it tonight is The Advantage of Adversity. Okay, you know, so how, many, how many people you think it's, it's a good thing when you have to struggle against something? Okay, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. The advantages of adversity. I want you also to right now, if you turn to Psalm 31. While you're turning there, I'm going to quote Proverbs 17 and verse 17. It says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Psalm 31. Verse 1 says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Said the title is the advantages of adversity. Now, a lot of people they think something comes hard in their life, or they struggle with something, or someone comes up against them, or they get a particular illness, a sickness, they have problems with their knees, their back, whatever it might be. Okay, make it personal for me, and they start wondering, well, Lord. Is there something wrong? We start wondering why, and the, the truth of the matter is, everybody's going to come under what? Adversity at some time. The definition, Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary definition of adversity is an event or series of events which oppose success. That's why we don't like it. We want to be successful in whatever we try to do. Sometimes we're trying to be successful in our sin. And sometimes adversity comes because of that, because whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son he receiveth. You know, it, it, which oppose success or desire. I, adversity is misfortune, calamity, affliction, distress. Last definition was a state of unhappiness. 
You know what the Apostle Paul had to learn? I have learned in whatever, whatsoever state I am, I am therein, there what? Be content. So if the first thing, the first point tonight, like I said, will be two weeks, we'll be dealing with adversity. Next week will be a little bit different. But first thing you need to know is that adversity is inevitable. It's inevitable. That doesn't mean God's against you. It doesn't mean that you're a horrible, wretched sinner. It doesn't mean that you're always going to be a failure. It comes into the life of every person. And you need to know this, especially every work for God will be and is opposed. (laughs) Sabrina, I'm going to embarrass you just a little bit. Okay? They're cleaning. Okay, people, you have no idea what's involved in cleaning the floors of this church which haven't been shampooed in over two years. Okay? And now they're, they're, they are cleaning. I don't want you walking over there because it still needs to dry. But you'll notice if you look at those chairs, they are of a much lighter color than the chairs you were sitting in. Because the chairs haven't been fully cleaned for 10 years. And it's a lot of work. And as they're cleaning them, it seems like the more they worked on them, the dirtier the water was coming out of them. Do you know something? Sometimes the more God works on you, the dirtier the water is going to be that's coming out of you. You can't get away from that. So if you wonder why it's taking the time it's taking, okay, God's not in a hurry. The important thing is that what is being done is done right. Okay, and some of you don't understand the amount of work that these ladies are putting in on this. Okay, and you go, why does it take so long? I can clean the carpets of my house in a weekend. Yeah, but how many of you have 110 to 130 people in your house every weekend who don't always clean their shoes? You know what I think here? We do have a dairy farm in our church. You know, they're very careful. They don't wear their, their uh, barn boots into the church. I knew a pastor friend who had that situation. So he had people who didn't want to sit next to the farmer. But you imagine what it was like? You've got to understand something. Sometimes things go hard. And we struggle against it. We don't understand and we fight against it. And we turn around and we, we, we just feel like it's discouraging. You know, it's inevitable. In your Christian life, you'll never hear from this pulpit that the moment you get saved, everything will be, you know, roses and bonbons. Okay? It's not going to be that way. Turn to Acts chapter 14, excuse me. Adversity is inevitable. If you don't know what inevitable means... Ask Pastor Kinney. <laughs> it's coming. There's no way to avoid it. Acts 14. This must be an important point because we, almost, we had harp music coming along with this. Acts chapter 14. 
Look at verse 21. And when they had, Acts 14 and verse 21, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through what? Enter into the kingdom of God. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the way that leadeth to everlasting life. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But it's going to come with struggle. I think I have this right, that if you crack the, you're trying to, you you want new chickens, right? Baby chicks that you're not supposed to assist in breaking the egg open before the chick is ready to come out because if you do, it won't have struggled enough and it won't have the ability to survive. Okay? Sometimes the struggle we face is to prepare us for the rest of our lives. That we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul gave his own testimony about this. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll look at a lot of different verses tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. The Apostle Paul is giving his bona fides, or his, he's showing why he is able to do and what he's gone through for the Lord. And in verse 23, it says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. So five times he received thirty-nine stripes. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Beside those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all, the what? The churches. Adversity is inevitable. And yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I just, I'm going to just give you verses that point to the fact that it's inevitable. It doesn't mean that God's upset with you may mean God's preparing you better to be able to be used of Him in something that's even harder. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Wherefore, when we could, come, could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and we sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. 
for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and as ye know. And the church of Thessalonica suffered greatly, the people of that church. Philippians chapter 1. Now, the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, told the church at Philippi. Look at verse 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which He saw in me and now here to be in me. I always think of, you know, <laughs> the Apostle Paul says, Be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. Think it not strange the fiery trial that is to try you. See, it's coming. Adversity will be there. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. So you're not encouraging us very much tonight. <laughs> 1 Peter 2, look at verse 21. For even... Hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. It's inevitable. Okay? If you're saved and you don't get right with God, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. If you're unsaved, you know what rains on the just and the unjust? Lost people have bad things happen to them. Sometimes we look at how come they get away with it and we don't. They're not getting away with it. You don't know what's going on in their lives. You don't know what they go through. You don't know what your fellow believers go through unless you're willing to open your heart up to them and to pray for them and be there for them. People will come up and they'll, they, they, they'll, they'll ask me, how you doing, preacher? You know what they want to hear? I'm doing pretty good. Everything's okay. A lot of times say any day I can get out of bed is a good day. Amen? They don't necessarily want, they want to hear something good. Okay? And if you talk about your problems many times to many Christians, they pull away because they're not ready to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. My Bible says rejoice with them who rejoice and to weep with them who weep. Mm -hmm. We heard it in a message recently. Sometimes, you know, you don't have to say something. You just have to be there. You have to let them know you care by your presence. It's inevitable. You're going to follow in his footsteps. I won't leave you there, though. Is that okay? One, adversity is inevitable. Two, adversity is invaluable. My Bible says there are more to be learned in the house of mourning than in the house of mirth. Turn to Psalm 119. And oh, we're King James Bible believers. We love Psalm 119. Right? 
<laughs> Do you? Psalm 119. Look at verse 67. Psalm 119, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept thy word. Look at verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. It's invaluable. You're going to learn from it. You know, sometimes the only way you can learn is when it's painful. It's painful. I started physical therapy today. And so what's the thing they're going to do? Yes, I have a little... It came, I think, from a birthday party for uh, Keith West. And it says, that which doesn't hurt doesn't work. It's on my wall. I keep it there just to remember. You know, because you, you know, you get to be a certain age and things don't work the same they do. You know, you get up and you have to make move something to make it so it's gonna it's gonna work. Okay. Well, they started physical therapy, and I've been doing. You've been doing really good. You know, see, I've been forcing my knee. I've been doing this, and it's not my first rodeo with my knees or my back or my neck or my arm or my shoulder or my wrist. Okay, you know, <laughs> it's you know, knee bones connected to the. So we go through this, and all of a sudden he says, "I want you to do this," and now I start doing it, and did it just to a certain point. And then he's watching my face, and he's going, it's hurting, isn't it? You can stop. Because I have to force it so that it will still move right. You know, sometimes you've got to go through adversity so that you'll move right. Spiritual truth. So you'll move right. Psalm 94. Adversity is inevitable. Adversity is invaluable. Psalm 94, look at verse 11. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of what? until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off His people, neither will He forsake His inheritance. Sometimes that chastening... Um, to be a good parent, sometimes you have to do preemptive chastening to keep that, for it costs them more later on when the, the results of their choices cause more injury. Right? Don't play with matches. Don't check out something when the light shows it's on. My daughter, I think it was my daughter. I think it was Heather. I could be, it's one of the kids. I'm not sure if it was my daughter or the daughter in law. They gave Judy this little white, I thought it was a little warming. 
what do you call it? Like a, no, not a candle worm. It's for her to set her tea on. It's, it's a tiny, no, it's not a hot plate. It's a tiny little, for one cup. That's a small hot plate for everyone. Okay? And I, she got up and she went there and I went and I said, yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to go sit in her chair and lean back and I'm going to do my devotions, my personal devotions out here. Judy and I, we'd read our, our Proverbs together. We'd read the, our Psalms together. we read one Proverb and five Psalms. We read them stuff, you know, and I went out later in that day and I went and so I was going to read my Bible some more. And I'm sitting there, and she'd sat there in the morning. And I look over, and this little white thing, it looks nice. It sits right there. It's got a little tip switch that is red when it's on. And I'm going, why'd you leave that warmer on? Blister. It doesn't warm. It heats it up. <laughs> okay. Do you want your kids to have to have that happen? You've got to be smarter than your pastor, kids, okay? If the switch is on, let someone else check the temperature. <laughs> it's invaluable. We live in a day and age, in this nation especially, where they don't want to make anything negative for the children. And so they don't know. When adversity comes, it's going to destroy them. It's invaluable for us. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. You know, of course, when I burned my finger, I went to tell my wife, and she says, well, duh, it was on. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 10. This is speaking of earthly fathers. And it says, they, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our what? That we might be partakers of what? His holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby chastening is exercise for the one who gives it and for the one who's receiving it and they need to be exercised in it it's invaluable you learn from it turn to james chapter one james a servant of god and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and an entire, wanting nothing. Faith worketh patience. Patience does its perfect work. Did you ever stop to think about that? I'm a people watcher. I, you know, Donnie's smiling because he'd scare me sometimes coming on me and, and I'm watching. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what the difference is between a Swiggo and Fulton, but there is a difference. 
if you watch the people, okay? And I'm just going, you've got to be kidding me. I was listening to some statistics today. I was reading something and then listening to it also, and it talked about that the greatest problem with drug usage spikes in the first three to four days of every month. Why would that be? Because somebody who's receiving something that they didn't struggle to earn We have missionaries who deal with Indian tribes. We have missionaries that deal with Eskimos. Our government has done them a great disservice. And so many times they don't know learn how to handle something. So they struggle very much, a much higher rate of addiction than the general population of the United States of America because they are given something with no struggle to receive it. So when they get done, they may go send... I can remember talking with our missionary out in Arizona with the Kokopa Indian tribe. Okay? And they get a stipend from the government. And, you know, you won't think about it, but sometimes it does get a little cold in Arizona, especially in the desert. And they'll spend their money to buy new furniture... And then they spent their money on all these other things and they don't have money to pay for fuel. So they just bust up their furniture and burn it because they know they're going to be giving something more to get more. Sometimes I wonder when I pray, am I asking God to give more just so I can get more? Somebody's going through it. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes the adversity that people face is the timing of what they're going through. Let patience have her perfect work that she may be entire, complete, wanting nothing. Go to Romans chapter 5. Almost finished. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we are glory in tribulations also. Really? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Not only is adversity inevitable, it's 
invaluable. Now I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. You need to come next Wednesday night to hear the other half. To have the part that's going to encourage you the most. The third point is, adversity is not invincible. Not invincible. Romans 8, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. How many of you memorize that next verse? Nay, in what? How many things? In tribulation, in distress, in persecution, in famine, in, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, to the point of ready to be killed. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. It's not invincible. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you. See, adversity is not invincible. Again, Paul's example, the last place we'll turn to, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And lest I should be exalted, verse 7, above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. See, adversity is not invincible. But our God is. There's advantages with adversity in our life. And the world needs to see Christians being overcomers, not avoiders, overcomers. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I pray you use this to speak to all our hearts. You've spoken to me through it as I prepared it. And Father, for those that are here tonight, and help us, Father, to go to a lost and dying world and tell them that we have a victory through the Lord Jesus Christ that settles all eternity in your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good night and God bless.